I want guys to be really, really sure of that so that they don't get hung up because that not only will you lose your license, they put people in jail for this. This is serious stuff. You will not be cash flowing down here for, ad, I would say, on the quickest, say, four to six months. That's on your best bet. Jeez, are we trying to scare people off from coming down there or what? Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is a special episode of the Hook Better Leads podcast. We're talking about Hurricane Ian with somebody in Florida right now. How you doing, Matt? Doing great. We're running off a generator here um, in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach already. We are, uh, looks like uh, we'll start getting the, the major brunt of the hurricane late, late tonight. Um, so it hasn't even, it just made landfall about an hour southwest here on the other coast. And we'll be, we'll be getting our dose of it here later this evening. Matt Spanton from CAT, and we're, this is September 28th. This will be going out on September 29th. We're going to speed up our normal editing so that people can get this information. Matt and I have been talking about this. Um, how can roofers help in Florida? And how can they navigate the red tape that sometimes, uh, I guess, Florida has a, almost a, a, a scariness and anxiety to it for roofers that want, but people want to help, right? So what are the legalities for people traveling in to work in Florida? Um, that's gonna be what we're talking about, but I, first real quick, what makes you uniquely qualified to talk about this topic? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a contractor in Florida, right? So I have a un, unlimited uh, CGC and CCC, right? So that's roofing and GC. So we, we uh, can roof or build anything here, okay? Um, and we have, we worked, uh, we came down here after, shortly after Matthew, uh, which was prior to Irma, wasn't as near of a big of a hurricane as Irma as far as uh, work-wise. Uh, but after Irma <coughs> um, performed over $160 million worth of restoration, uh, that was split uh, as far as percentage goes, about 50 of that was residential at the time um, and then the rest of it has been commercial work and so we've seen the good the bad the ugly uh, from the times that have changed since Irma until now uh, and we're still here we're still kicking and and um, ready to take on uh, Mr. Ian coming up well um, let's talk about those legalities people traveling in to work in Florida what is what, what are some of the key things? I know we're not gonna be able to get in crazy depth, but like, what are some of the key things that they should really be looking at to, to have more confidence going into this? Yeah, so uh, I would say I've gotten a ton of questions from guys. Um, you know, some of the questions that have come in, um, mitigation, can we come in, can we tarp, can we dry out, um, you know, cover up? Yes, you don't have to be licensed in the state of Florida to do that. You don't have to be a licensed roofer to perform emergency mitigation services. You do have to be, from my understanding, registered with the state of Florida. Um, and so that's a, that's a difference in, you know, ability to kind of get to work and, and get out there and start making some money, uh, what have you. Uh, other regulations that down here that are drastically different than most states is the division of work comp um, and licensed uh, licensed crews guys can't fly and flag under other people's licenses work comp everybody has to be legit 
I mean, we all know how the industry works in different places and, and everybody kind of runs the cowboy method in certain spots of the country. Um, the smaller you are, maybe a little more than the bigger guys, but down here it's no joke. And they have a division of, of work comp patrol that will go to jobs and that will check, you know, credentials. You have to be Trump tight on that. You have to have your paperwork. It has to be legit. Um, and for the contractor, the prime, right, which is the way most guys work, and then they're subbing to crews, even if that crew is licensed, they have to have the right number of certs in their, in their work comp for the guys on the roof, okay? So I want guys to be really, really sure of that so that they don't get hung up because that not only will you lose your license, they put people in jail for this. This is serious stuff. Um, so do it on the up and up that way. Of course, we have to carry our, our, our roofing licenses, our general contracting licenses, um, the idea of a set or a, a team up or a, a hook, you know, oh, hook, the hook agency. That's what it used to be. I've been in the storm industry for uh, 22 years and hook is what most guys just set or a hook is what guys used to call it. I don't know it. if I want to be associated with that though. What is, <laughs> what is, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me touch on that. So there, so what that is, is a set or a hook is back in the day when we would go into big hail storms, um, if we weren't licensed, yeah, I've, heard it, I've heard it called set. And so, I mean, like, which yeah. is, I'm not saying it's a, the worst thing ever, but I, I like ultimately have a, a little, I'm not going to lie. Like in some of the circles I run in, they're a little squeaky and they don't, they don't love hail or like, uh, storm chasers. And I'm, I'm not anti, so I'm not saying that, but like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of retail companies basically. Yeah, well, you know, there's always this love-hate between the retail and the storm guys, and then some of the storm guys become retail guys, and some of the retail guys become storm guys, right? So it's like, you know, it's always back and forth. But, um, you know, what we used to do when we would chase hailstorms, this was, I haven't chased hailstorms for years, but we would go in with a local company, and we would partner up with them, and that would be the set, and we would, we would legally, uh, you know, lease each other's license and companies. We'd become, we would merge, essentially, owning shares of each one of the companies so that we could go out and that we could we could utilize that local name and that that local customer base um, in turn we would get a massive amount of work done for that local contractor they would usually get paid some type of royalty or fee um, and then they would cover the warranty for when we would go chase the next storm right it's um, a beautiful thing i didn't want to i don't want to speak badly on it i just don't yeah, i mean i didn't realize that we didn't realize we were going to be roofing 80% roofers when I started this company. So that was unintentional. Yeah, well, hey, that's it. That's how things manifest itself, right? You didn't know it and there it goes in. But um, you can't do that in Florida. You can't, it, you know, you in Florida, it's very strict in who the qualifying party is, how they have to be part of your company, um, how that pay is structured, what they, what responsibilities they have. So when guys are looking at getting licensed down here, just be sure that you have, uh, you know, good counsel in that and that you're filing the right paperwork and you're doing things on the up and up on your accounting so that you don't get, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred thousand roofs sold down here um, and then get your, your license pulled because that happened a lot after Irma as well. If you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy. How about all these new laws? So there's a lot. 
I feel like there's been a lot of like hubbub on roofing Facebook in particular about all these new laws in Florida. I've seen people like people that have a lot of that have loud platforms on Facebook saying like, I'm not going into Florida. I'm not touching that, you know? So like why? And I mean, obviously people need help. I mean, I'm not going to say that's the main reason. I mean, we want the, obviously to make money, but people want also to help. I mean, it's going to be helpful to have more roofing companies available after the, or more people roofing after this. So um, what are the new ones, the new laws? I mean, from the last time there was a, a big storm in, in Florida. Yeah, so, so the new laws that passed in July, I believe it was, um, there's definitely people that know them better than me. Um, so I'm going to kind of summarize, and if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me, anybody who's watching this. However, I do just do commercial work, and a lot of this was directed towards the residential guys. Um, in marketing, there can be no in, induction or covering of any deductible, any shape or form, um, or it's strict and serious punishment, okay? There is um, new codes out there. We used to have what was called the 25% rule, which was if 25% of the roof was um, being replaced, the entire roof had to come up to code. So what that meant was uh, if the decking itself was not to the new nailing codes, as soon as you go replace 25% of the roof, the whole roof has to be, even though it doesn't need a new roof on the other side of it, right? The decking has to be brought up to code. Well, you can't get to the decking without pulling off the roof, right? So then that, that got this kind of quick domino effect of replacements of roofs. The matching laws have been um, pulled and taken out. So... Um, a lot of the, uh, that, and that's all code related as well. So a lot of the roofs that would get totaled for the 25% rule due to the fact that the tile isn't made anymore, those aren't going to be as easy to kind of just get approved. So there's going to be a little bit more difficult approval process in some of, some of the areas where maybe it's not just the whole roof blown off or it's just not so directly, you know, obvious that the roof needs to be replaced. Um, there are also um, some new statutes as far as handing uh, claims over to attorneys. Uh, the claim process down here has been, you know, pretty well known that, you know, you can't argue policy. A, a roofer can't go out there, hop on a roof and start arguing with an adjuster and policy. So typically a guy would hire a PA or an attorney to handle that. The attorneys would then go ahead and they would kind of fight the claims logistics side of it, right? And the actual the settlement. If the claim went bad and it needed to go to litigation, and a lot of claims go to litigation down here, especially, you know, the bigger they go, the more they fight. Um, and the attorneys used to be able to get their fees recovered. So if you go and you fight a claim that takes a year or two years and that attorney's fees are, you know, 50,000 bucks, let's just say, we'll just use an arbitrary number, that attorney could, in, in the, when they would win the suit, right, their fees were then covered. So there didn't need to be this big percentage to come off of the total claim price to, take, to be able to make their money. They could just bill you know, the actual claim, and then when they would win, they would get their fees covered, and then maybe you have another deal, or the client does, where they would get a percentage of the claim. But that, that percentage didn't need to be so big because their fees were covered. Those fees are not recoverable anymore. And so you're going you're gonna to see a lot more attorneys being very selective on the claims that they want to work on 
right? Because their money is strictly tied to whether or not that claim wins now. Because if it wins, then that means there's a settlement and they get their chunk of that. Versus before, they would get their fees and the little bonus. So that's, that's drastically different as well. Um, all that ties into, I don't want to say driving claims down, but it's going to drive claims down. They're going to be harder. They're going to be slower. There's not as much advantage for the, to the attorneys to be able to you know, come in. and. and Is there a chance that this storm knocks some of that loose? Like if you're, if you're inhibiting important work structurally, you know, there's going to be a lot of roofs that need to get done and you're kind of inhibiting some of that work. Is there a chance that like some of these laws lack, go a little bit, uh, you know, more free or do you think that it's I mean, I would assume they're not going to make new laws right now while the storm, they want roofers to be able to, to, uh, you know, make, make these homeowners and these commercial properties good, right? Yeah, so the so the well, you would think, right? That that would be the that would be the the right thing, right? But um, so what I would think is going to happen, and this is projection, is that everything will be kind of lax at first, and then once the the big catastrophic cleanup is done, and the thing everything's covered up, and people are safe, and things are dry, and and, and then the storm really starts, right? As far as the contractor side, really, like we have this big mitigation effort and everybody gets everything dry and, you know, we, we get everybody, everybody buttoned up and safe and all the debris out and, and there's this huge effort and all the politicians are saying, look how great we did, right? And, you know, they, they did it all and planned it all and FEMA and everything, right? But meanwhile, it's the guys probably watching this podcast that are out there really busting their butts to get these people squared away. Once all that, all that dust has settled, then comes in the, you know, the actual side of carriers and indemnification and claims settlement. And that's when they'll start looking at, okay, what do, you know, what are our reserves? We're going to start setting our reserves of what we're going to have to spend and what we're going to have to budget. And we're going to have to go make our cash calls and all that good stuff. That's when they're going to start putting these policies into place and how they're going to, you know, respond to this storm and which regulations are going to really harp on and stick to and you know in each carrier will be a little bit different um but undoubtedly they will start using these new laws to their advantage which is to keep claims down or lower or you know um at a at a, not at a minimum well at a minimum and I don't want to make it sound like all insurance carriers are bad because there's not, but they, they are a business and they are there to make sure that their bottom line and they, is, is still kept and that they don't go out of business because a lot of carriers, the uh, AMCAP is one big one in the condominium world that went out and then FIGA has to take over the Florida insurance group, right? The state run insurance group. And so when those carriers go out of business, it causes a whole nother ripple. We're, we're dealing with that on a few big claims right now. So um, there's reasons for it, but it will, it undoubtedly, they will use these new laws and, um, you know, to their, you know, on their side, I should say, not in a bad Yay. way. Well, you know, there's, there's give and take there, obviously, but, um, of course. let's talk about how much should a company or, um, uh, let's say, I mean, how much should we be budgeting 
versus like a hailstorm. If we're coming, if we're a roofing company coming from a different part of the country, let's say we, we get over our anxiety about the new laws and the, the, you know, holding us back, we get into Florida, how much should we be budgeting? How should we be, um, how should we be pacing ourselves against, uh, against this, this, the time period? Yeah, it's a phenomenal question, Tim. The, um, here's the way I'll explain it. I don't know everybody's, you know, what their, their nut is to cover. And I don't know, you know, how people run their, their business. I, I have a, a good idea, you know, from when I built Aculinks and got to work hand in hand with tons of contractors. Um, I shouldn't say when I built Aculinks, when we built Aculinks, the team. Um, what I would say is this. Your typical hailstorm, you can go in and you can start cash flowing, usually within a couple weeks, right? And once you're building, jo you're, you're building jobs within a couple weeks and you're closing them out within four to six weeks. Not all of them. Some of them take much longer, of course, but we, we definitely have that low-hanging fruit where within four to six weeks, you're cash flowing, right? You will not be cash flowing down here for, add, I would say, on the quickest, say, four to six months, that's on your best bet. We are right now. When I just, I, I just went Jeez, to order. Are we trying to scare people off from coming down there, or no, what? Not at all. No, not at all. There's you, you. But when you're looking at cash flowing, right? Like that's what you have to be real. Now, if you're in business and you, you know, aren't just burning all your money up, you should have enough money to be able to withstand that type of that type of delay. But you got to be smart. Right. And that's kind of why, why, is the delay, why is that such a long delay? Like, yeah. Number one, our material availability down here is, you know, there's a big demand on tile. Okay. Um, tile right now, before this storm hit, I just went to make a big purchase on a project of ours and tile was anywhere. The, the um, shortest duration ETA was 14 weeks. Most of it was 25 plus weeks. And that was before this hurricane even was named. Okay, so you're you're six months to nine months out on tile right now. So that means to actually be making money on your projects, right? Um, you, we just know, like, if you sell one tomorrow and it's you know the the normal run of the mill tile, you're going to probably be at least six months out before you're putting that on. Now couple that with the claims process and the delay and then the drag because of the huge influx of what's going on down here. It it just takes that much longer. Okay, um, so that being said, you need to be you, you need to be well funded, and you need to make sure that you're not down here, just blowing all your money. Whether you're a sales guy coming down here to work or a business owner coming down here, um, things are expensive in Florida. Also, are you sick of what passes for leads these days? What's wrong with leads? Or Facebook ad leads? Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I'll wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team. Yeah, so everybody, you know, in these situations, there's a, there's a huge shortage on hotel rooms and there's a huge shortage on, you know, you see the guys they're charging 20 grand for a generator that should be five grand, right? It's, it's no different than in the housing markets after a hurricane and everybody's trying to get their, you know, to, to get their nut on that. And so um, with that, 
cost of living, right? We all got a budget, you know, typically if you took 10 guys over to a storm in Oklahoma City, you might be paying 400 bucks a month for a guy's apartment or maybe a thousand bucks for a couple guys to stay in apartment. And down here, you know, because it is such a massive storm and there's such an influx down there, right? Um, people are going all those costs are, are raised, right? Um, so we can expect to see that along with also the cost of our, the crews and the labor down here is more expensive. It's tougher to put these roofs on. It's more regulated and the crews have to make multiple trips. They don't get to go to the house this morning, roof it all in one day and then go home. Even if they could, even if it's a shingle roof, they have to go there. They have to do the, they have to do the tear off and the deck inspection. Then they have to run the drip inspection. Then they got to run the dry-in. Then once the dry-in's done, they can order the, the roofing materials and then they got to come back and do the final. So there's always a multiple step process there too. So the crews need more money. Um, their cost of living is more while they're down here. So everything just kind of gets, gets raised up. What is the duration of the claim period? Uh, that's a great question, man. Um, you know, I would say, so speaking from Hurricane Irma, and this is looking very similar, right? We're coming into it with tile already being six months plus out. There's major market shortages on certain materials. Um, it's a big storm. It's gonna draw a, a lot of demand. Our claim period in the residential world then ran about, in all honesty, about nine months before we sell them to start completing jobs. And when I say, what well, we call it capping in, on the residential side, um, Com, uh, commission after payment is what that stands for after final payment. Um, from the time that we, you know, the guys met the client, they got it adjusted, we put the roof on, all the supplement got done, and the final payout got in. It, it was about, some of them were a little faster, but as far as the bulk of them, where we really saw kind of that bell curve and it started coming in, was about nine months. And so, um, I think that's probably a that, that's probably a fair projection on this. You'll have some that'll go quicker and sooner, right? Especially, you know, certain claims can go quicker and sooner. Um, but for the most part, that was kind of where we're at. So I would say nine months before you start really seeing them start to close, and um, it could be a year or so before you really start seeing kind of money rolling through. All right. Well. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know, you know, you got a storm to contend with here, but um, any other questions that you feel like people are asking that you'd like to just, hey, answer them now, and then you can just send them the link to this podcast yeah. uh, if people are asking the same questions. You know, a lot of guys are, are wanting to really come down and make money and capitalize on it. And that's kind of why I put the original post out, right? It was like, hey, here's the real, real. It's not blue tarps and Lambos. Um, there's a lot of money to be made. I just want to caution the guys that are coming down here. Come one, come all. I hope everybody comes and makes a ton of cash. I'm not the guy that's scared of people taking my business. My clients call me and storms follow me. Um, and so we're, we're going to do ours and do good work. I want everybody else to come down and do the same. I want them to come down, do good work build wealth behind them, not have it, not, not go sell a hundred jobs and then be working for a company that doesn't do things right and you can't build them and you lose all your business or come down here and blow all your money or not be able to make it to that six to nine month place where you're making money. So just be smart, 
and if you got questions, I'm I'm an open book. I'm always available, you know, Facebook or text or whatever. I can I can answer any questions. I can help guys. Um, but don't come down here and do it the cowboy way. Don't fly by the seat of your pants. Don't think that you can beat the regulation. Don't think that you can get away with no work comp or, or not having guys be employed or, or having things set up correct for you know, the, the regulations down here. It will bite you. And that's when, that's when the horror stories of Florida come, right? It's when guys didn't follow the rules you can you can it feels like it's set up to to benefit the big boys you know what i mean you you talk about with you know the contracting co-op and all that you've served the three to ten million dollar roofers so i'm sure you know like it's tough it's tough sometimes because that all the things you just mentioned some of them really it's like way easier to do if you're a big roofing company you know yeah and with the co-op you know so so we have the the contractors affiliate team and that is a vetted group of contractors that are, they're kind of that three to 10 million. We have some guys bigger, um, but it's guys really looking to capitalize on commercial work. And so that's a, it's a vetted group of contractors. We have a little over 50 some guys now. We do have opportunities available in Florida, um, quite a few of them. I, I didn't quite open up Florida before because I wasn't sure how I wanted to handle it because I do some work on the Northeast coast, still quite a bit of resort work. Um, but the way that that co-op is set up for anybody that does want to come down and wants to work commercial is we partner, we partner our portfolio with them and, um, and that, that kind of reference group and help them, you know, build and, and perfect their work, um, and give them kind of the backing and the, the basic fundamentals and know how that we've kind of, you know, fumbled through for years to figure out, um, in order to help them get those, those projects. And so for guys that maybe don't have the big project references and the big resorts and the big condo communities, especially down here in Florida, they wanna come down and they wanna do some of that work. We kind of partner our history, our work history and our portfolio with their ability to go out and secure work. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a really beautiful relationship that we've formed with a lot of guys throughout the country. And I see it working here fabulously with, with, with guys in Florida. So if there is anybody that's interested um, in chatting about the, the co-op and seeing how it works, um, I'm available and, um, and and we definitely would like to bring on some good guys down here in Florida. What's the URL for that if they wanted to uh, check it out? Yeah, it's www.contractingcoop.com and between the co and the op is a dash, right? So it's contractingco-op.com. Awesome. Any other things that, is that the main thing people should do if they're trying to get into co commercial roofing or do you have any other tips for folks that are coming down to Florida that maybe um, wish they could get into some commercial jobs because I'm sure there will be some opportunity there uh, my number one thing that I'll recommend to everybody that comes down here to do commercial work is to make sure that you have plenty of dough to fund the job all of the the necessary licensing and, and docs and have very very good and pointed contracts with dollar amounts and pay scale for what you're going to do. Not per insurance, um, not off exactment numbers, not negotiated settlements. You have to have very good contracts and that, that will help you to make sure that you get paid in the end. Awesome, anything else you wanna to say to the audience about Hurricane Ian and how roofers can help? Um, you know, I hope everybody's safe. I hope that, uh, and I pray that, that over on that West Coast that uh, no lives are lost and that 
um, that we put that first um, coming here uh, and taking care of people, not just looking to make money. I mean, if you come down and you join our state for this effort, um, you know, people come first. Do, do right by people, do good by people. Um, Florida is a great state to work, and, and I'd, I'd love to see all the guys come down here and make a ton of money. Just make sure you give back while you're here because there's it's not all money down here. There's a lot of people that are losing their property. There's a lot of people that are losing, um, you know, uh, pets and and vehicles and businesses. And the, the, it's there's there is that that bad side to the storm too. So you know, reach out and have an open heart and maybe do you know make sure that that you're giving as much as you're taking when you come down here. Great. I appreciate it. And I mean, it was very generous of you to come on the podcast. I know that at this moment, the storm is hitting. And as uh, so, it's Wednesday, September 28th right now. This is going out September 29th. Um, the evening, probably like four or five o'clock. So what would you like, where is the storm going to be at that moment if somebody's watching this at that moment? Yeah, uh, so it should be right up by us at that moment. So we're just south of Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra Beach. Um, I service a ton of resorts between Vero and Jacksonville, and this is where I live. Um, it hasn't even come near, and our power is out. If you guys can hear the generators running, and we're running on generator. Um, so this time tomorrow, 4 or 5 o'clock tomorrow, um, storm should have been up through here. We'll still be probably getting those southern bands of it. Um, and, and, you know, traveling on up north. So um, that's where we should be tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate everyone. The, the audio quality is, I think, a little bit related to the service, you know, and certain things here. So I appreciate you guys bearing with us on the audio quality on this episode. It's been a special episode of the Hook Better Leads podcast with Matt Spanton from CAT, uh, contractingcoop.com with a dash in between co and op. And uh, appreciate you coming on and thank you for spending your time with us.